Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, July 7th episode of Poets and Muses. We chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A. Rate. You can follow us on our website at poetsandmuses.com or on Instagram, Twitter, as well as SoundCloud under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at the bottom of our Poets and Muses website or at the upper right-hand side of our Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. With us today is Lola, who will be discussing with me her poem, which is unnamed, and my poem, Gone. Before we do that, however, I'm going to go over all the poetry events taking place in the Valley during the week of July 8th. On Monday, July 8th, from 6 to 7.45 p.m., Christy White and the Arizona State Poetry Society will be hosting its monthly Mustang Poets Open Reading and Discussion at Mustang Library at 10101 North 90th Street in Scottsdale. From 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., Patty will be hosting her monthly Poetry Roundtable Workshop at Changing Hands Bookstore at 6428 South McClintock Drive in Tempe. From 8 to 10 p.m., Savannah Lutman and Phoenix Fiber events will be hosting one of two summer service open mic events at Thirst Space at 1028 Grand Avenue in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7 p.m. Monday is also the last day to RSVP for Friday's Truth and Transformation Poetry and Story Slam, which will be taking place at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts at 1538 East Southern Avenue in Tempe. To participate, you have to email Sharon Rose at SharonR at SWIHA.edu. Again, that's S-H-A-R-O-N-R at S-W-I-H-A dot E-D-U. And you have to do that by the end of Monday, July 8th. On Tuesday, July 9th, from 6 to 8 p.m., Connect and Heal will be hosting its weekly poetry writing workshop at the Chandler Community Center at 125 East Commonwealth Avenue in Chandler. On Wednesday, July 10th, from 7.30 to 9 p.m., Lacuna Cava Bar will be hosting its weekly open mic night on-site at 831 North 3rd Street in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7 p.m. On Thursday, July 11th, from 7 to 9 p.m., Long Known Publishing will be hosting its weekly Phoenix Poetry Slam at the Lost Leave which is at 914 North 5th Street in Phoenix. Make sure to get there by 6.50 to participate. From 8 to 11 p.m., Quinton Oni will be hosting his weekly open mic at Jobot Coffee and Bar at 333 East Roosevelt Street in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7.30 p.m. On Friday, July 12th, from 6 to 7.30 p.m., Aaron Johnson and Sharon Rose will be hosting Truth and Transformation Poetry and Story Slam at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts at 1538 East Southern Avenue in Tempe. RSVP at swiha.edu. You can also call them 
to RSVP at 480-994-9244. Again, either email at rsvp at swiha.edu or 480-994-9244. Those contacts are just for attending the event. If you want to participate, to tell a story or recite a poem, again, make sure you email Sharon R at swiha.edu by the end of Monday, July 8th. Another event taking place on Friday, July 12th from 8 to 11 p.m. is Latoski and Speaking Into Existence monthly Smoke It Into Existence open mic at Just Blaze Smoke Shop which is at 1001 East Camelback Road in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7.30 p.m. On Saturday, July 13th, from 6.30 to 10 p.m., Sozo Coffee House will be hosting a open mic night on site at 1982 North Alma School Road in Chandler. From 7 to 9 p.m., Tamika Sanders, or Dr. T, will be hosting her bi-monthly open mic night featuring Roosevelt Watts at Aroma Mocha Coffee, which is at 506 East Western Avenue, Suite 103 in Avondale. On Sunday, July 14th, from 1.30 to 2.30 p.m., Connect and Heal will be hosting its monthly poetry workshop at the Chandler Public Library at 22 South Delaware Street in Chandler. From 3 to 5 p.m., follow Connect and Heal to their monthly open mic at Improv Mania, which is at 250 South Arizona Avenue in Chandler. From 6 to 9 p.m., Infuse open mic will be taking place at the Phoenix Center for the Arts, which is at 1202 North 3rd Street in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 5.30 p.m. And now let us turn to our poet guest of the week, Lola. Hi, Lola. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Me too. So what I wanted to do is find out the name of your poem, which I totally did not find out. The poem is unnamed. I don't know if that's like a proper etiquette. I think in the poet world, it doesn't really matter for the podcast because I do the newsletter, I do the podcast. It's just nice to have, but it's okay. We could just say unnamed. It's always been unnamed. It was just written after my dad had passed. Mm. It was a good, I think, it was good almost a year after he passed when I first started writing pieces of it. Right. And then just adding more to it within this past year. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's never had a name. Right, right. So, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, my name is Lola Udell. I... Do some writing. Mm-hmm. I am a full-time mom, full-time employee for the state. Oh. <laughs> Don't throw any stones. Um, <laughs> but I love my I love what I do. I also paint quite a bit. I love art, any form of art. So I'm always painting something, sketching something. Mm-hmm. It's a good release for me. I also have an ASMR channel on YouTube. It's called Shut Up Lola. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy ASMR. It helps me sleep at night started doing it on my own. I love rap music, so I combined it with ASMR, and then, <laughs> boom, whispering rap songs. Yeah. 
And let's see. I got to post that. I have this on the Poets and Music SoundCloud. We have a folder, like a playlist that's for music that we refer to during the podcast. Nice. And a number of the poets that I've interviewed also do music on the side or have their own podcasts on the side. So I should pull an episode nice. from your SoundCloud. I also do a, a blog. It's just oh. kind of like an honest, real life, what it's like to be 37 single and trying to navigate the world. Mm-hmm. Different. It is different. So, <laughs> put a lot of my emotion there and just random thoughts of Lola's chaos day to day on that blog. And you're on Twitter quite And a lot. I'm on Twitter quite a bit. Yeah. Twitter is a habit, but I love it. It <laughs> keeps me up to date on what's going on. Yeah. Quick snippets of news, thoughts of people, things like that. So, yeah. I, I enjoy yeah. Twitter. And I'm also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's connected to my YouTube. Yes. You're on Pretty much a good panoramic of platforms. My right hand stays busy tweeting and <laughs> liking things. So I, I'm guessing your work doesn't require two-handed typing. No. Nice. No, and <laughs> my jobs, I nail it. I'm I'm pretty good at it. So. Cool, cool. That's good. Yeah. Always good to have that. <laughs> that came across too confident. I'm not apologizing. No, I'm there. no, you shouldn't. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it's always good to have certain areas of your life. Like, it's manageable. Yes. It's that, oh, it's sort of really foundational stone. I really <laughs> worked this past year. I really worked on my self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. Really just, mm-hmm. like, yeah. really having that strong belief in my abilities, like, what I can do. Right. So that's that's been in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am very passionate about the preschool-to-prison pipeline. It's out there in Arizona. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I was very active in the implementation of daycare policies to ensure children of color were not expelled just to be expelled. So that's another passion project of mine. Yeah. Had I known this before, there was something at First Church. They do a lot of social activism work. Same with my church. I go to Desert Palm United Church of Christ in Tempe, and they're very big on activism. Yeah. Women's rights, our body, our choice. Everything. Yes, so, exactly, yes. exactly. Yes, I just don't have enough time in the day to accomplish everything I want to get done. I know, right? I kind yeah. of want to clone myself. Yes. But then I'll be like, I'm also doubling my problems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, another person to feed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. Yes. <laughs> so how did you get into poetry, especially given all your interests? I have a really bad habit of kind of like jumping from one art project to the next. Mm. It's something I'm working on. Yeah. I haven't mastered yet to be able to do something, complete it, you know, set it aside. But I'm also a firm believer if you have art ingrained in your soul, it's, you're never going to finish something fully. It's always a work in progress. Mm. So writing started just as a way to release thoughts and things I'd had built up or just feelings I'd had, Mm -hmm. something I could just jot down and express. I also have been journaling since about the age of, well, I've journaled throughout my childhood, but solidly since around the age of 25, 24, after Mm -hmm. I had my second son, I have five children. So I wanted to be able to have something my kids can hold, can look back at. You know, when I'm Mm -hmm. I'm dead and gone and my grandkids are here, my great-grandkids, they can read through this and say, that one did a lot of crap. She had a shit, you know? She had it all written here. So journaling started with poetry, and it's like I didn't realize in my 20s that poetry didn't have to rhyme. You know, in elementary school, I know when I was younger, 
You had to write poetry a certain way. Right, Everything right. had to rhyme. It had to be pretty. Sunflowers, roses, you know. <laughs> no. And so once I, yeah, once I realized, hey, you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it just it just took off. It took yeah. off from that point. So basically, I guess in kindergarten, when you were first introduced to poetry, yeah. whoever introduced you to it basically traumatized you yes, to did. the point that you were like, never again, I'm telling yes, your 20s. Did. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, that's that's hard. I'm I'm hoping with this podcast that we demonstrate that no, no, you don't need to do that. You can rhyme if that's what comes to you. You yes. can do rhythmic poetry. You could do neither of those, and it's still poetry. And you can do imagery, not imagery. They're hopefully yes. presented a variety, and also people from all different backgrounds. I don't know if you want to talk about your work a little bit and give us a clue as to what you. Oh, do. the work I do now. Yeah, yeah. If you want, to, yeah. If you don't, no, not at all. So the work I do now, I currently am a policy specialist, and it's for what's called the TANF Jobs Program. So it's a TANF, the TANF program is a program where people have applied for cash assistance mm-hmm. for needy families. They receive it, and there's this component which helps them find employment and oh, get off okay. assistance. So okay. I write the policy and help with that to make yeah. sure it's clear and it's, it benefits the clients. It's not stopping them from moving forward. Right. And so for me... I've always been a helper. I've always wanted to see where I can fit in to make things easier or yeah. advocate for clients or people in need. So this way, I'm able to make sure that we're following federal law, but at the same time, it's helping families, not hurting them. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fine line, right? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's also a fine line. And your writing skills really comes handy because... Yes. It's very easy to kind of get into the nitty-gritty because there's a lot to explain, and then it becomes so dense. Yes, and I have to be very technical, right, very, right. very clear. There's There can't be much gray area, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's completely separate writing. Right. It's not fun writing, but it's, it's writing that needs to be done. Right, right, to explain difficult concepts to people who might yes. not, not be able to easily understand what the policy is trying to do. Exactly. And so that, that's what I do now. Prior to that, I had worked with child care home certification, going over the things we talked about prior, the preschool to prison pipeline, mm-hmm. and really making changes. Mm-hmm. So that was something I spent a good eight years of my life doing, working okay. with child care policies, procedures, and okay. I truly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I just needed to move on. Okay. It's draining. Yeah. It's very draining. This never-ending, always-hungry monster. <laughs> yes. yes. But do you find that vocabulary sometimes seeps through from, let's say, your more technical writing to your poetry? Yes. Okay. Yes, it does. It seeps through in a lot of things for me, even when it comes down to me text messaging people. So Mm -hmm. being new to the whole dating scene, Mm -hmm. when I text message somebody, it'll come across as like, first off, it comes across as a complete mom text. Another (laughs) comes across like it's worded by an attorney. So I think I scare a lot of people off. But yeah, it, it does. It does seep into the poetry. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like, I, I was reading, maybe a month ago now, I was reading something about corning. I randomly saw a... Corning? Uh, yes, about, no, not corning, pyrex. Oh, like corning rare, pyrex. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And there, there was a study on how the composition of what makes glass, yeah. right? That particular formula that they use has a fragility factor that makes it easily shatter 
under certain conditions. And there was this long syllable, I think a five syllable word that I learned, and I put it in a <laughs> little haiku. I was like, eh, I'm gonna sneak that one in. <laughs> I love big words. Yeah. I really do. I have lesions on my brain from migraines. Oh. So, like, it affects my word fluency. So, I can be sitting there wanting to say a word or think of a word, and it'll be like something small, like a bookshelf, and I'll look at the taco. So it's horrible, mm, horrible. Mm, mm. So yeah, but big words. I always love learning new things. Yeah. So I need to check out that word. Yeah, yeah. It is. I'll show you later. It's something that starts with an F, and then <laughs> I think ends with the ability. So nice, nice. <laughs> so we'll figure that out later because I can't remember anything. Right nice. Now. Let's have you read the poem, and we'll get down to it. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm still working on my reading skills. You had witnessed my first open mic night, so... Don't worry, don't worry. This is very different. Eight years ago, you left your earthly, frail, broken body. It still doesn't seem right. I have tallied up your possessions. That's all that remain of you. One threadbare Wrangler dress shirt. I have sealed it in a bag, so on the roughest of days, I can take it out and still smell you. A pair of your silky black dress socks that I admit I still wear from time to time. Three cards signed by you, one Christmas and two birthdays, signed forever with ink, reminding me that your love was real. A lay from your car, the one you kept hung from your rearview mirror. A handful of pictures taken randomly throughout our lives together. All of these items flood my mind with memories of you. My heart goes numb knowing these are all that remain of you. I dream sometimes of the places we lived, Texas, Kansas, Washington, too many to list. I dream of the things I would tell you if you were here. This last year was a shit storm, Dad. I'm still shoveling manure with a smile, of course, but my dreams are just that, dreams. I just want you to know I push forward every day because I know that is what you would want. You raised me to be strong, independent, and above all, a loving human. You will not die twice. Thank you. That last part still gets me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let's start there. It's a lot of responsibility, that promise. Yes, it really is. Because for me, the biggest thing is still being that loving human. Mm. Because a lot of things in your life can change you. You know, mm -hmm. whether yeah. it's... Most of the time, it's the actions of other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not letting people's actions change me. Because at the end of the day, I want to be who I am. Right. And right. so, like, tolerance was a big thing taught in my home. Not really even taught. It was just I saw it day to day. So mm -hmm. it's something that, that I, I passed on to my kids. So just still being that loving human. And every day, that's my goal. Yeah, yeah. And it's very difficult, right, when you encounter difficult relationships. Yes. It really wears you down. And though, ideally, we always want to deal with people on a person-to-person -person basis or individual basis. Yes. You can't help but be like... Especially when you just leave that relationship, you can't help but being hyper-vigilant. Yes. So. And, it, and with people that leave relationships, you know, if it's, you know, it ends on not a normal, like, I don't want to say normal, because I have a normal way to end a relationship, <laughs> but not in the most common ways. Right. You carry some type of PTSD with you. Mm -hmm. And you're mm -hmm. going to always have that hyper-vigilance. And it, each person walks their own path to let it go and to be able to hopefully move on. And that's, that's kind of the stage I was at a couple months ago. And then finally being able to really compartmentalize it, put it aside, and, and just truly move on. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, that being that loving human helps me um, mm-hmm. because I can only control my reaction, my actions. I can't mm-hmm. control another person's. No, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. one of the the hardest things to accept, right? Yeah. Because we partly for our own reasons, our egos, whatever it is, partly to sort of establish ourselves. Yeah, you know, as these people with our own agency, whatnot, we kind of want to control. Yeah. We want to fix. We want to just stomp our foot and be like, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah. And we yeah. can't do that. Yeah. It's yeah. it's hard. And it's hard to also say, sometimes, I don't know if this has happened to you as well, where you basically say, well, okay, I had a hand in choosing yes. this person. And it's kind of really difficult to say, oh, and that's, no. that's where that forgiveness mm-hmm. comes into play. Forgiveness of yourself. Yeah. Because that was a big thing. Like you said, you have a hand in the person you choose. I had a hand in the person I chose. So I, I had to forgive myself, which was the hardest thing to do. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I definitely see that. Yeah. And we don't always choose knowing everything mm-hmm. about either the person or the pirate glassware that you bought. <laughs> First time I ever made a roast, I used a Pyrex dish. Oh, nice. I pulled it out. Roast was hot. And I was like, oh, it's really dry. So I water in the Pyrex dish and it pebbled all over my kitchen it shattered so that shatter level they're talking about it works yeah it doesn't come out in shards it comes out in little tiny pebbles it was insane well you were lucky then because this article that I was referring to Jesus I did not think we would be discussing this article Pyrex (laughs) yeah no I I didn't even think I was gonna bring it up and then bring it up and actually having this common experience because (laughs) I don't really so. I don't either, and that's partially why. I, yeah, but know that it's not your fault. <laughs> it's the material that they mm-hmm. use. It's a certain chemical combination or a certain material combination mm-hmm. that they switch to in the last, I forget how many years, I want to say within the last three decades, I think. Yeah. And that makes it just a little bit more fragile. And that particular experience, the temperature change. Yeah. You know, like from a hot stove to a cold counter. Cold water and then... Yeah, exactly. But you're lucky because the experiences I was reading was about injuries, sending people to the hospital. So you were pretty lucky in the fact that it was more of an implosion. Yeah. Yeah. They were talking about exploding people ending up in the hospital. Well, I am... Well, first off, I'm glad I don't bake anything ever because (laughs) I would have to get rid of my Pyrex. Yeah. (laughs) But if I did, I would get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I just use them mostly for storage. But I actually did bake like a spaghetti squash on it. But the thing is, I'm not rich enough to have marble countertops. So that's also (laughs) selling me. (laughs) Okay, so that's good. Me either. (laughs) I have whatever comes in the rental. Yeah, exactly. And those, you know, it's never that cold. It's it's kind of a very temperature resistant in some way. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm broke. <laughs> Yay! Let's celebrate. <laughs> and I use my crock pot, and I feel like that's safe. So yeah. I'm good there. Just put a roast in there, and I'm okay. I'll leave, set it, and forget it, and walk away. <laughs> do we get back onto this pirate? <laughs> you were talking about your thing bubbling, um, but before that, it was something else. I have, I have terrible memory. I have I have two and a half year old twins, 
Oh, wow. Every night, I have, like, a WWE match in my house, <laughs> so they're, like, constantly jumping on me, and one is oh, the size of a four-year-old. He's huge. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so, like, so I have my friends always fried. No, fraternal, yeah. Okay. Completely, completely opposite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Happy about guys. Yeah. Great, but, yeah, here, uh, my friends have told me about the terrible twos, so it's true, huh? And No, it's, like, <laughs> terrible birth group 25. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't end it too. That, that, actually, I wish people would tell us that. Really. <laughs> Terrible birth through 25. Yeah. You just have different phases. So, like, right now they're in their two to three where they're exploring their surroundings. They're wanting to pick at me. They're wanting to instigate with each other. And one of them has autism. So, he likes to do cause and effect play with his brother where he'll mm. do something, get his reaction. Okay. And then I have a nine year old who is in the whole Fortnite phase. Oh. Until I start doing a default dance, and then he's like, stop. Uh, which is the dances our characters do before they drop out of a school bus. Ooh, yeah, it's an nice. insane game. I don't like it. What, is that part of Fortnite? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't play. So I don't I, either. I, didn't, I thought Fortnite was just a first-player shooter. It kind of, well, he, his character in particular carries a unicorn pickaxe. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the same look I gave him when he told me. I'm like, oh, okay. And you start off by picking your character. It does a default dance, some corny dance. There's different ones you pay for. I will not pay for them because mm -hmm. it's a default dance. Right. And then you load your character into a bus, and it drops you out of the bus into this island. Okay. And then the shooter game starts. Yeah, but how does the bus get onto the island? I have no clue. <laughs> when I find out, I will message you. <laughs> you do that at 3 in the morning. Yes. And then my 14-year-old's going through puberty. That's a different terrible two-ish thing. And then I have an 18-year-old who's doing amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's nice. Yeah. So you just have, hopefully, you know, the 18-year-old, you just have seven years, hopefully, of the same amazingness. I, I don't know, but we'll see. She, she does everything, and at least she's honest and tells me. And I'm like, okay, let's tackle it. Yeah, that's awesome. That yes. is really awesome, especially for an 18-year-old. That's yes. a very responsible 18-year-old. She, I don't put expectations on my children, which was the biggest thing my parents taught me. Mm. When you have a child, you can't expect them to do certain things because mm. they're their own person, their own right. being. Right. And the less expectations, because as, as they were growing up, especially my oldest, I did have those expectations like, oh, you need to do this in school, you need to do that. And then the more I let that go, and I was like, you do what you want to do. I'll help you. I'll encourage you. Mm. Within reason, obviously. Right, I don't want right, my kids to right. run crazy, but right. it just made the whole process easier and more enjoyable. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. really good parenting advice. Thank you. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Honestly, the 0 to 25 thing is something that every potential parent, basically all of us, really yeah. need to understand to set our expectations right. And also that's not expecting your children to somehow live up to your expectations and letting them grow into their own yes. people. Because it, I'm living my life. They need to learn to live theirs. Right. So, right. like, for my daughter, she's she is lesbian, asexual. Mm-hmm. So for people to kind of grasp that concept is a little different mm -hmm. in my family. Yeah. Most of my family are all from Oklahoma. They mm -hmm. all have a twang, completely different viewpoints in life, mm -hmm. political and else, you know, everywhere right, else. Right, right. But just letting her live her own life, like her not going to college was a big thing mm -hmm. in my family. But right. she doesn't want to go to college. Why right. force her to get into debt? Right. She right. wants to be a subject matter expert in art. Let her do it. 
Right. right. And in years past, if she wants to go to college, she can go to college. Yes. Yeah. I feel like our education system should allow that a lot more. I mean, there mm-hmm. are now institutions that will allow you to go when you feel like going, rather yes. than having to do this pipeline of kindergarten through yes. primary through secondary. You don't get a break. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's good to get that perspective. Yeah. To, and not necessarily get that perspective by going into the military, which yes. is a totally very traumatizing way of getting perspective. That really is. And it entices people to get into the military and armed services. Yeah. Yeah. But no, my daughter, she needs that break, you know. And then when you think about, if you take a step back and you look at the pressure that's put on young people today, especially mm-hmm. young women, mm-hmm. to look a certain way, act a certain way, do a certain thing, mm-hmm. it's too much. So for her, I like that she's being herself. And it's my job as a parent just to support her mm-hmm. and be there. Mm-hmm. And same thing, I mean, her, she's completely opposite of my 14-year-old. My 14-year-old will explain to you black holes uh. and tell you how the world will end. And give you traumatizing nightmares because he's so scientific and I love him. He that wants sounds to... like little man Tate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it is. He has high functioning autism, so he's okay. very technical about a lot of things. And so, yeah, completely opposite. But, yeah. Yeah, I let him do him too. He's, he's doing good. Yeah. Yeah. We all, we have our predisposition. Mm-hmm. We have our biologies. And then, you know, we kind of just find out what the world will accommodate. Yes. What the world will allow. And then kind of morph a little bit. And yeah. what the world also will nurture. Yes. So it's it's nice that you're letting them do that. It really is wonderful because I do find I'm in your shoes, like mm-hmm. with dating. <laughs> Later in life dating seeing <laughs> it makes my eyes twitch. <laughs> so difficult. It really is because sometimes you just feel like What's with all these leftovers? Are we just like just leftovers? And then are we leftovers? Yeah. Because then I start thinking, oh my gosh, I think everybody that's left is is gonna be damaged beyond repair. And then I'm like, wait, am I damaged beyond repair? <laughs> and then I'm like, maybe I just need that. Okay, let's let's see where this goes. Dating, same thing with my kids. I try not to have any expectations. Mm-hmm. And I go with the flow. I enjoy the relationship while it lasts, and then I let it go because I'm getting too old to devote time and energy into something or somebody that I don't really know if I want to be around somebody when I'm older. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's the benefit of having experience and more wisdom, really. More important than experience. because you <laughs> You're really making me feel old. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the truth. The wisdom. And wisdom doesn't come with age. I mean, look at... Orange age. <laughs> I mean, Trump isn't that his original name? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it doesn't even come with money either, unfortunately. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't come with schooling. It really is. There's a very loose correlation with age. Very, very loose <laughs> correlation. But I think that you have to be a reflective person, really, to, yeah. to really actually extract. The wisdom from whatever experiences, or even from learning from other people's experiences. Yes. One of the biggest things is loving yourself. Because if you can't embrace yourself and love yourself, like, you're not going to be able to know really what you want. Yeah. What you don't want. Yeah. And then just kind of, like, weeding through everybody. Mm -hmm. Because it's insane. I don't know if you ever did online dating. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, there's definitely a different crop. There's an overlap, obviously, <laughs> and in some ways I like it because you can sort of weed out people before you get to the meeting point. You're like, yeah. oh, you're like this. Okay, no. Here, left. Okay, <laughs> block. Yeah. <laughs> Online dating basically make you choose in a certain way, right? There yes. are certain steps you must take. It has to be... But I read a lot. I find, like, I kind of get sucked into the black hole of online dating, just the initial steps, where I'm actually reading people's profiles and then taking a long time to go left. Left. Yes. Left. <laughs> but I'm just like, hey, my eyesight is deteriorating over these profiles. <laughs> For <fuck> sakes. <laughs> but anyway, I think we should go back to yes, poetry. Yes, let's go back to poetry. <laughs> Even though this has been great. Yeah, I guess that all came out of the conversation about expectations because it's a yes. lot. That's a huge promise, right? And yeah, and I, I felt a lot of love, especially like in the beginning when you're talking about putting his... His items. Yeah, items yes. in... Like preserving the smell by putting it in plastic bags and yes. putting on his socks and then looking at the slightly less personal items, like the gifts of... Yes. cards. It kind of reminded me of Brokeback Mountain. Yes. Yeah. And my dad was very much a cowboy. Oh, yeah. So seeing that movie, I was like... I did just, you ball? What? Did you ball? I did. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. But yes, yeah. that and Heath Ledger. Oh, I love Heath Ledger. <laughs> <sighs> I don't want to get off topic again, but no. <laughs> the, yes, so a lot of his items, after his passing, it mm-hmm. triggered massive OCD for me. I was oh, wow. really bad with his shirt and his clothing, mm-hmm. which is is not uncommon for people that experience a loss. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Whether it's constantly holding on to that item or being right. around it, and that's, that's kind of where I was at, especially with his shirt and his socks, because he was a minimalist. So the things that he did have, mm-hmm. I think he had six shirts, six pants, and then he had a suit, because he would wear his suit right. on Sundays. So it's like he had very minimal stuff. So just having those items for me was something that triggered it. I was like, I can't let these go. Because if I let these go, these are the last items that are left of him. Right. But then realizing later on as time passed that he's not in this item. Yeah. It's just a possession. He wouldn't want me to hold on to this and obsess right. over it. Right, right. So, yeah. But it's really difficult when you have such love for people and they leave. I mean, relationship never ends in the way where you're both ready to I mean, not never, but very seldom and very evenly. Yeah, they don't, they normally don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, he lived in Texas. I lived in Arizona the Mm -hmm. last couple years of his life. We would talk on the phone. He only ever had a landline, never had a cell phone. And he would always end his conversations with, he would never say goodbye. He would say, I'll be here when you call me again. And we'd end the call. Uh, So that's how we were. That's very reassuring. Yes. It really was. And he also was very loving, but he never said the words, I love you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was more his actions than how he was around me. That's right. how it was. Right. Did you hear the episode with Oscar Vincinas? I have not. Oh, that I is also about a dad's love and oh. not saying the words and actions. Yeah, you need to listen. Yeah. So kind of even going back a little further, with he was my stepfather. He raised me from the age of seven, moving mm-hmm. forward. And early in childhood, if you experience trauma, whether it's the removal of a parent, the death of a parent, it can be anything. I mean, trauma can happen in utero at this point, we, we found mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So having my biological father leave the picture and him step in, I started becoming really afraid of death. I 
have mm-hmm. had a huge yeah. fear of death. Mm-hmm. My parents were older. My mom had me. She was 40 years old. So I've only ever known her as an older person. Right. So growing up, he would always just show me that consistency of being there. And mm-hmm. that's where the not saying goodbye came from. He just wouldn't say mm-hmm. goodbye. Mm-hmm. And so leading up to his death, it's kind of like he was prepping me for a way. Mm-hmm. Just because of, you know, things we had talked about. And it's part of life. I knew it was going to happen. Right, right. So, yeah. Holding on to those items was just, I still have them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't smell them that often, but I have them. I don't think there's any problems with any of that. Again, it's sort of like when you're ready to let go. Mm-hmm. Even bad relationships, we still live them yeah. long after they've ended. We have that trauma bond with that person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it could be short relationships that leave long traces let's say not necessarily scars yeah they, they yeah. still mark you in some way yeah yeah it's not so animalistic <laughs> but it, it, it's true they do yeah. they mark you yeah. sounds like somebody came and peed on yeah. us no don't pee on me <laughs> i'm not no no r kelly here oh god <laughs> i'm good <laughs> oh, see that's why online dating is not good either because you get this whole group of people you're just like i don't want to meet you in real life yeah but then the good thing about it is that you know ahead of time for people who actually tell you yeah you know who accept who they are and say these are my oddities or these are my singularities really yeah to put it non-judgmentally and hey you want it no okay let's move on to the next person (laughs) hey you want it you know i think we are in life as our own selves people kind of like hawking our goods but we first have to know what we're hawking <laughs> I'm gonna have the tray with my peanuts display and be like, come get some or not. It's okay. I'm a little eccentric. You either go with it or you don't. Yeah. Hey, personally, I, I think having a penis picture, you know, like <laughs> I said uh, peanuts. Oh, peanuts. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know where my mind is. <laughs> but I've I've gotten quite a few penis pictures unsolicited, so yeah, no, I don't like the unsolicited thing. I think if it's one of their profile pictures, I'm like, hey, more information on you provided that is the real you and not something you downloaded, which could very well be, right? Because it's out there. So much yeah. of it is out there. You could sort of like have a collection of peanuts or penis pictures. Very true. <laughs> There's probably more penis pictures than peanuts, peanuts. pictures. Yeah. I'm going to Google peanut pictures and see what comes up. <laughs> not sure you want to go there <laughs> even google will be like did you mean penis you, yes google will correct me <laughs> you really want some penis pictures don't you that's no. what you mean. <laughs> but yeah just dealing with my dad's loss and just i still carry what he's taught me with me and that like mm. goes back to that just be myself i am a loving person by nature, I'm a very loving person. I have a lot of love to give, and I don't want to be changed. Mm-hmm. So the older mm-hmm. I get, I can either become that bitter person and just not care or keep doing me, and that's where I'm at. Yeah. Because yeah. if I change, I know he would be disappointed. Well, but don't do it because he will be disappointed. But it, it, helps, keeps me, it helps keep me true to myself, you know? Okay. Okay. I look at the things I've done. So this past year, I've painted more paintings than I have in the past 10 years. Nice. So I've done a total of seven. Wow. I'm still getting up there, and it's keeping me who I am, you know what I mean? And just being more 
open with people, more honest with people. What's um, your media? I love oil paints. Okay. I also wear pastels. Kind of dabbling in acrylics, not not okay. too I don't, happy I, with them. I don't really know what the difference. I mean, I understand the material differences. I kind of need to see side by side. <laughs> I imagine there must be. Oil different. blends easier for me. Oh, okay. Art and OCD don't mix. So <laughs> when I'm painting, I like things to blend seamlessly. Right. So oil will do that a little better for me than Ooh. acrylic. Have you, have you done alcoholic ink, or do you think that would just be way out of control? I do Copex markers, which are alcohol markers. Okay. Maybe that's kind of the same alcohol. I'll probably have to check it out. Yeah, it's it's much more blending. I've seen the finished work, so I haven't seen the are process. Are those the ones where they pour stuff, you. and it kind of... I don't really? know, actually. I don't know this person's hmm. process. I've seen the end product, and I really love it. It's almost like tie-dye shirts, but much more that's organic. I love tie-dye. Oh, okay. I tie-dye at least once a week. Oh, wow. I love it. My kids love it. Cool. I tie-dye tablecloth, everything. Okay. I, anything I can tie-dye, I snag and I tie-dye. <laughs> um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, alcohol ink and YouTube it because I can't tell you what okay. the process looked like. I will check it out. I always love to try different different ways to express my art, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but those are my go-to. Okay. Is that the oil paint, the oil pastel is always my go-to. I love, love painting Buddha. That's just something I've always done. Mm. His hair knots mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are just something I've drawn to. So. Okay. Cool. That's me. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. hey. You do you. Yeah. Then going back a little bit to the... To the dreaming part. So for me, his items he left, I keep. Mm-hmm. But dreaming. So I had dreams of him where I've never seen him. Well, I see him, but I don't see him, so I see the back of him. Growing up, he always had a recliner he would sit in, mm-hmm. and you could see his head from the back of the recliner. So in every dream I have, I go back into a childhood home, and he's there sitting there. Uh, so when I say I dream of him, those are the dreams I have. Oh, wow. Okay. And they're very comforting. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and just being able to talk to him and just spill my guts. Right. Because right. I look at and I have... Four kids that don't know him. Right. And they'll never know him. So dreaming of him was a good thing. It was very therapeutic. I was going through some things in life. Mm-hmm. And having him in those dreams was something that I am thankful for. Yeah. I'm big on your dreams and having a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Some people yeah, yeah, don't yeah. pay attention to their gut feelings. Mm-hmm. But you, you have an intuition. You have a gut feeling. So. Right, right. For a long time, I was always checking whether or not my gut feeling actually correct and they tend to be very yes. good but I feel like I am consciously a very uh sort of science-based person mm-hmm. so whenever I'm come into something that's harder to prove I always try to check it in different ways yeah so and now I'm like yeah yeah I should actually trust my instinct because they, they turn out to be right so. I'm same I, I have to I like to see something like some proof mm-hmm. let me know like if somebody says something it's like okay well where did you read it where did you get your information from right exactly you Um, always want to know their source yeah but dreaming of him was a good thing i always welcome that yeah yeah and well you're a cowboy was that why he was you were traveling so much he said you lived in we traveled a lot my mom was older when she had me and my parents started traveling my mom was i think i was like eight so she was 48 Mm-hmm. They just wanted to travel. My mom was a migrant seasonal farm worker. 
She lived primarily in Queen Creek, did potatoes, did um, cotton, mm -hmm. agricultural things there, and then nice. we moved from Arizona. She would move to California, Utah, Oregon, Washington, come back and kind of make a rotation. Mm -hmm. So when she met my stepfather, he was already retired, and he's like, let's just move around wherever we want to go. They never had, like, roots anywhere. Mm -hmm. They always believed your roots are the people with you. You don't have to right. like, live somewhere right, to right, be your right. home. Yeah. So we traveled quite a bit. We lived a lot in Texas. We lived in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. We lived in Kansas. We lived in Oklahoma, California. Uh, like, there's so many states. We, we lived in almost every state on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Very few on the East Coast. Right, right. They were older. They were minimalists. If they wanted to pick up and move, pick up and move. Right. That's a very interesting, more nomadic. And they also kind of give you a sense of all the possibilities or a large number of possibilities that's yeah. out there, right? The variability of life. Yes. It really showed me that if you want to do something, just do it. Right. right. The only yeah. thing stopping you is yourself. Yeah. So just picking up and going and then seeing the different cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. Being around just so much. I mean, Arizona itself, we have so much culture here, but just yeah. bouncing between state to state to state. Yeah. I loved it. I loved the road trips, being able to see old motels, whatever it may be. Right. We saw it all. Yeah. It was wonderful. Everything was done by vehicle, never flew anywhere. I loved it. I really yeah. did. Looking back, I loved it. Right. You asked 12-year-old me if I loved it, probably not so much. Well, yeah, that's when you want some stability. Yeah, but looking yeah. back, it's like, you know, that was, those are some awesome times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, again, some good, some bad. Yes. Um, but I, I always like the, well, I like to explore, so I like the expansive nature of just traveling. Yes. And people don't think of culture or cultural differences mm -hmm. within the U.S., even though we're such a melting pot. Yeah, or there is. Yeah, there's a lot of variability yeah. everywhere we go, even within a state, you know, especially a larger state. But from state to state, there's definitely a lot of differences. There is. My mom has always been a traveler. My siblings, there's a 15-year age difference between me and my second youngest brother. Mm -hmm. Did I say that right? He's the older one than me, but the second youngest in my mom's children. He's older than you, but he's... So oh, she had five so kids and the youngest. Yeah, so I'm the youngest. <laughs> I always get confused when I explain that. I'm like, they're <laughs> way older than me. But um, when she had them, she divorced her first husband. Mm -hmm, she mm -hmm. bought a school bus. They stripped it. They just yeah. threw mattresses on the floor. Okay. And they took off. That's so cool. They went up and down the coast of California. So she made her own RV, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. She's always been that person. And when she met my dad, mm -hmm. he was the same way. Okay. He's like, let's just do it. That's a good marriage. Then. Yeah. You know, finding that, that kindred spirit. Yeah. Not always easy. No, unfortunately, they divorced. Burned uh, out just as hot as it started for them. But, uh, you know, they enjoyed it while they had their time. Right, right, right. Yeah. If you think of life as a journey, mm -hmm. there will be people who come into your life. Exactly. Well, journey with you a little bit, travel with you a little bit, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. I swear to God, I was pulling about that. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's nice, especially when, like we said before, everybody marks you in some way. Yeah, and yeah. see, for my parents, learning that from them, kind of mm -hmm. going back to the dating scene, you can't find people that truly believe that anymore. It's really hard. Well, for me, like, 
like that life is a journey yeah thing. like you know I don't I don't want somebody forever I don't know maybe if it happens it happens but I'm not gonna force something you know just right, right, be right. on my journey with me and if you don't like it exit at the next stop right right well that is a very kind of zen way of looking at mm-hmm. about it and, and I guess some people kind of going back to the control thing right yeah we want to have things mapped out and yeah you know, we don't have to think about it as much and very true yeah and, and that's the thing is that we have to realize it's a relationship. We always have to work on it. Yes. And then people don't always grow at the same rate or in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. I really like it. I like you explaining it. And I, since we talked about it offline a little bit, but the lines that where you said, last year was a shit storm, Dad. It makes so much more sense. Oh, my sense. Lord, it was a complete shit storm. <laughs> Oh, man. It was a shit storm. I ended a 10-year marriage, which was traumatic, but it was needed. And then just picking up my family and moving on, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's more of like you go through the motions. Mm -hmm. And I talked to him. He wasn't there, obviously, but Mm -hmm. just, you know, talking Mm -hmm. and meditating and just taking every day. And I'm so thankful to have my mom Mm -hmm. still. And she would be like, just do what you can do today. That's it. And that's how I did every day. So that shit storm is still around me, just not as chaotic. That's you know, it's, it's manageable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shit drizzle now. Huh? It's a shit drizzle. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even a shit drizzle. It's honestly, it's like the clouds are moving out. Everything's everything's good. Good, good, um, good. Hey, by the way, when I said shit drizzle, and when you were saying <laughs> shit drizzle, it sounded like some kind of thing you should put in your. Wait, what? What's the acronym? ASMR? Yeah. Shizzle. 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 I want to do an ASMR of solely me saying profanities. Ooh. That's going to be... That's really interesting. Have you seen the... There's a video of the various ways of using the word fuck. He recorded that video over the recording of Vivaldi's Four Seasons. It's lovely. I haven't. I have to Google that. God, you have to go look at it. Yes. I mean, um, there are some things, it's a little dated after Me Too, it's a little bit on the side, and it's a side of things to be more precise. I will have to look at that. One of the things with the ASMR is, I love rap music, I just hate how women are portrayed. Mm. So it's mm. just taking that rap music and me speaking it, mm. and just being myself, and be like, right. these are just words, like, why do, why do I care anymore? Mm. That's part of the whole ASMR thing. I just want to be able to say what I want to say. I shouldn't have somebody tell me, especially a guy, well, that's a rap song. We're talking about this. It's not intended for women. Or, you know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know if that even makes sense. Well, I also feel like there are categories of rap music that are not strictly so misogynist. Yes. Right? But I can't pronounce that word. That's why I'm not saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't. <laughs> you just have an aversion to the word. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I, I can do an ASMR of me just repeating that word over and over again. <laughs> you do the front part, the back part, the yes. middle part. Ooh, that'll be interesting. I also like to remain very calm with doing my ASMR because that's mm-hmm. what I mean. You have to be calm. You have to be able to just relax your brain and mm. speak it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I actually have an episode who's a rapper well he mixes his poetry and we're actually in the middle rather than rapping to the beat he's calmly reading his poem and then he'll go back to 
That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I will check that out. That's yeah. really awesome. So, so the next one, the shoveling manure with a smile, mm-hmm. that's me faking it until I make it right there. Yeah. Wow. Like you said, it's, it's just a little cloudy now. It's yeah. getting better. It's definitely getting, so mm-hmm. you're faking it well. You're faking yeah, it well faking it. I tell my children, we can't live in that time anymore. Yeah. We can't live in that hurt place. Yeah. If we live in that hurt place, it's okay to visit it if we're having a bad day. You know, we embrace our emotions, but we have to move on. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm not smiling, if I'm not at least embracing my happiness I have throughout the day, even if getting a cup of coffee and on my back porch with my mom is my only happiness that day, I am going to enjoy it. Yeah, that's a really good way of dealing with life, especially in, in the middle of a shit storm. Yes. Or coming out of a shit storm. Yes. I like how you're dealing with it because you're recognizing that you need time to deal with yes. it. Whereas a lot of people, I did another interview with somebody who talked specifically about people who don't want to deal with the shit, you yeah. know, don't want to deal with anything that's unpleasant. And I'm like, yeah, but that's just going to make things worse. Yeah, you have to. Over the past year, year and a half, I've done things that I would have never wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I had to do them. Mm. I had to shovel the manure because if I didn't do it who would do it yeah it's your life basically you can't escape it it's not like you can snap your fingers and go somewhere else no not Thanos I can't (laughs) make half the people disappear by snapping my finger yeah I'm surprised he didn't disappear right (laughs) I know it would be the ultimate irony if he was one of them the glove was just there that would have been amazing yeah yeah in the realm of possibility that is a it could have. Right? It would have been very ex- existential yeah. if that had happened. Ooh, alternate <laughs> timeline. Ooh. We can read some fan fiction. <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, that would be amazing. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Don't tell me. I won't. I have saw you it. seen it? I saw I went to my kids at 11, at 11 p.m. on Friday night. Oh, you're one of those people. I stayed awake <laughs> the first hour. I fell asleep that middle hour. What? My kids were like, you're not a true fan. I'm like, I'm not. I'm just the wallet. <laughs> and then I stayed awake the last hour. Um, three hours? Three-hour movie. Wow. Yeah. But I heard it got really great reviews. That was good. Yeah, okay, okay. But they probably could have cut out that middle hour when I slept. But. <laughs> when Lola sleeps... You know you can cut that out. Yes. 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 So, going from your poem to my poem, I chose it also because I didn't know that it was your stepdad. Ironically, this is somebody I would call, I mean, in the technical category, he would be my stepdad. That's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting how that happened like that. Yes. This is like the, at least the second time this, something like this has happened. I think the last time with the friend thing I was telling you about, uh, that mm-hmm. also happened. Our relationship, the other person mm-hmm. had a link with a similar place. So, That's interesting. Yeah, we didn't know that. It, it's great, right? Yeah, it is. I really feel like people's vibes attract other, attract other people. So, yeah, I yeah. see that. It happens a lot. Yeah. It's good. It does. It does. So, this is called Gone. With the pallor shocking and fragile, he looks calm, no longer haunted by daily annoyances, the need to make a better tomorrow, no stresses to come bother. They cannot reach where he's gone, nor hopes of reconciliation. Like all other genres of desires and emotions, 
turn toward other livelier souls to clean their longing for manifestation. I like that. For me, reading it, it didn't just strike me as like death. Mm. I see that a lot in general, like all sorts of relationships. If you're going through hard times, mm -hmm. people will turn away because they want somebody that's lively or they don't want to deal with mm. this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's part of the reason why people cheat, right? Is that they're not necessarily... There are the more insidious things where people are like, I can't live alone. I need to have someone with me. Mm -hmm. But really, I want something else. And so I'm always going to go out and poach something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That that's the more insidious kind. But then there are also people who they're not necessarily dealing with the problems in a relationship that they really want to keep. Yeah, they're just going. Yeah, they're finding something else. Yeah, I see that too. This was also real because sometimes I'll have those moments where I, when you you're living your day to day life, I don't know if you ever have these moments, and you get so caught up in everything you're doing, everything you're managing, where you just kind of pause for that second and you're like, if I die tomorrow, what does this matter? I'm doing all this work. Mm. I'm stressing out for all these reasons. Right. For what? And then, like, in this right here, when it said no longer haunted by daily annoyances, mm. that really struck me because it's like, we're all haunted by those. Yeah. And one day we're not, either by choice or not by choice. Mostly not by choice. Mostly not by choice. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 My goal is to be there by choice, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, right? Because you don't know. When the Christchurch shooting happened, it was also the day that a former poet laureate had passed away. And a bunch of the poetry Instagrams that I subscribe to, and also Twitter, posted his, one of his poems talking about something that everybody can relate to, which is having passed the anniversary of his death, not knowing which day it was. Yeah, because you don't know. Yeah, and it's all, the calendar is a human construct. Yeah, construct. So, no matter which day it falls under, it's always a day on the calendar. Yeah, so. that was a really interesting poem, and I posted that poem on that day because I couldn't. When the Tree of Life shooting happened, I wrote something immediately. Mm -hmm. But when Christ Church happened, I didn't write until later that day. I forget if I wrote it before or after I post the poem. I think it was after I post his poem, but I just saw it, yeah. Did your stepfather pass away already? Yeah, so what happens to my writing is I usually, some line comes to me, mm -hmm. some snippet of a phrase or whatever, and I'm like, ooh. Yes, So Same. Yeah, right, and then you just keep writing from there. So that was the first line with the pallor shocking and fragile. And that is from, he passed away almost 10 years ago now, also. Wow. Yeah, and I wrote that recently. It was like this year. Yeah, this year is going by fast, but <laughs> this yeah, year. Is. Either this year or the very end of last year. And the thing that really struck me was how pale he looked, mm -hmm. his body looked. I haven't seen a dead body for a long time, good thing, because I'm yeah. not a mortician. So, me too. <laughs> yeah. So it was just really shocking, literally very shocking. And he did look very fragile, but also very 
all of these things are very literal in some way. And I just thought about, because he had a very routine kind of life. Mm-hmm. And he met with a lot of frustrations in his relationship with my mom, I feel like, that she did not meet his expectations. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt bad for him because their relationship was very distant. Yeah. So a lot of it was a reflection on that. We didn't really have a relationship. I didn't know him very well, actually. And that's why I was saying, by definition, I guess, he was my stepdad. Yeah. But also, they had married after I already became an adult, so it's a different thing than yours. Yeah. He came in at seven. So. Yeah. But still, it was just that pallor that kind of drew me in and thinking about it nine years later. That would be shocking. Just, I've seen three people Mm-hmm. That passed. I, I didn't see my dad when he passed. He didn't have a funeral. That was his request. Mm-hmm. Straight cremation. That's it. Nothing. He didn't want anything done. Okay. And I was m- more afraid of family members saying, no, we need to do something. Because mm. I didn't want to see that. Right, right. Because that pallor and shock, it is shocking. Like, you don't expect that. Just, you don't expect that. Yeah, yeah. And also, even if you get to see him, the mortician would have makeup on mm-hmm. like that right so you wouldn't have seen that pallor this was just at the morgue oh it was because he died very suddenly wow yeah so so seeing him at the morgue it was before it wasn't it wasn't at the funeral to tell you the truth i can't even remember funeral aspect of it yeah i mean i remember the cemetery i remember seeing him on the gurney at what is the, the morgue thank you yeah the morgue. I mean, I also remember going to the flower shop and basically driving the woman nuts because I was like, oh, I want you to arrange it this way. <laughs> and having my moment of control in a yeah. chaotic situation, basically. <laughs> Even though, again, we didn't have a very close relationship, but it's sort of like that human-to-human obligation. Yeah. It's like a, that expectation. This is how you, what you should do. Yeah. yeah. What you should go through afterwards or... Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Does it make you kind of reflect on your own mortality? Oh, I've been obsessed with death since I was 16. I, I saw The Last Unicorn. I don't know if you ever... I've never... S- is it a, it's a movie? It's an animated movie. Okay. So there have been a massacre, basically, mm-hmm. of unicorns, and she was the last. So they're immortal, but I forget who was it turned the last one into a human. And the first thing she said... It's like, I can't believe you did that. I can feel myself dying. And that really affected me, that line, that particular line. I don't think I've seen it more than once. I, I'm going to watch that tonight. It's very interesting to me. Tell me where you find it, because I want to see I it will, again. Well, I, I will find it. <laughs> it definitely made me kind of stop and think about my, obviously, I thought about death my entire life, practically. Mm-hmm. But it really helped me become more vocal on this is, I don't want to be involved. I don't want you guys to spend all this money. Like, just take me to the natural burial sites in Flagstaff, wrap me in the biodegradable blanket and bury me. Ooh, there's one of those? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. I think it's like a $50 fee. Okay. Can we well, just do cheap. it? Yeah. The state law says that they have to refrigerate me, mm-hmm. and then my children have to ha- only have like 24 hours to do this. I'm like, you guys better hustle. There's five of you. Four boys, get those shovels, <laughs> get one buried. 
Yeah, I've definitely thought about what I want to happen to me as well. My mom is not one to respect my wishes, so I'm just like, I need a lawyer. <laughs> I swear if my mom dies, she's just going to haunt me whether or not I want it. I have a spirit box, so if you want me to check for you, I got you covered. Spirit box? It's What's this little mean? box that records EVP, like oh, noise. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. No, no, you won't need to. I'm sure she'll make sure I know that she's there. <laughs> I don't want to be haunted by my mom. Yeah, me neither. But like I said, my mom is not a respecter of wishes. Yeah. So I'm hoping that when she passes that she would suddenly, you know, like obtain enlightenment and be like, oh, darn. Oh, damn. Oops. <laughs> I know. It'll all hit her at once. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping this is wood too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's like pressed wood under here. Okay. So there's some wood chips. Go go go. I'm covered. At least in chips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, so just in closing. <laughs> yes. Where can we find you? Read. I go to Jared's Coffee and Tea House. And District Four. District Four poetry. Third I'm, Thursday of every month. Third Thursday of every month. I'm working up to read this super feminist awesome. thing I wrote, but I'm I have to screen out scream out some obscenities. I have to No, like don't. Some, no, don't scream them out or just no. scream them out. Oh oh scream. Yeah, I yeah. thought you said scream. No, scream like, them out. Good, awesome. So I'm getting there and then I'm gonna touch base with you and find out where I can do this more often. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you even just listen to the top of every podcast, you will find out awesome. what the next week is. I can certainly tell you more in advance things okay. as well. There are four, at least on a weekly basis. That's nice. every week that okay. you can go to. Three of which, no, five, sorry. Five. There are two on one day, and three of which are free. Okay. And so lots and lots of choices, which is awesome. I'm hoping that with these announcements, that more people are listening to these announcements, that organizers could be more aware of not stacking one day. There seems to be favorite days for people. Like, yeah. I forget when, like January or something, there was one day where there were like eight events. And I was like, people! There's no way you can go to even half of those. There's no yeah. way. And they were all over the valley. And, and I only cover the metropolitan area. Yeah. I don't even cover, like, further out in the valley. So it's just like, people, you got to talk with each other. What is That's going on fun. here? Well, you can find me at Jared's. And then I also have my blog on Blogger. It's called Shut Up Lola. I talk way too much, but I love it. So, And, again, on YouTube and Instagram under Shut Up Lola. And... Are all of them basically, you have some dots between the words. Right? All between dots. Okay. Shut, dot, up, dot, Lola. Okay, so yeah. very, very, every sentence is very much a command. Yes. Three commands. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. And I will throw the links into the episode notes so that you can link to them. Awesome. Um, great, yeah. I'll definitely tell you more what's going on so you can scream your feminist creed at more people we all need to scream our feminist creed yes. at more people yes we do Obviously. and this is a middle-aged feminist one so yeah it's, it's it needs awesome. to be said it needs to be said they all need to be said <laughs> clearly given the field of candidates that's out there clearly yes it needs to be said all right 
Well, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Be on the show. And that concludes the Sunday, July 7th episode of Poets and Muses. You can follow us on our website at poetsandmuses.com or on social media on Instagram, Twitter, or SoundCloud under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at the bottom of our poetsandmuses.com website or at the upper right-hand side of our Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.